What would you like named after you? That is the question that we're going to ponder in a minute. But we're going to kickstart the show by introducing you to the podcast and then the gentlemen that are going to help me take this thing to a whole another level. I don't think I could ask for two men I would rather talk to about the NFL twice a week because it would hurt their feelings. But we'll start with Smithy because, let's be honest, he kicked my ass during golf today, so I don't really have anything to uh, to give him shit about. Smith, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Looking forward to speaking about a very important week 15 with some Real playoff implications coming, and we, we sort of touched on that on Tuesday, but uh, yeah, this should be a cracker. And if I had to describe T to people that didn't know him, he's the kind of man that would put two and two together and end up with 31. How are you, mate? Jeez. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going all right tonight. Jeez, there was a real flat yeah. tone in his voice there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? But in light of the NBA unveiling some new names for their awards, including but not limited to Michael Jordan as the MVP award, Wilt Chamberlain as Rookie of the Year, amongst a few others. Teed, what's something that you would like named after you? It could be sport or non-sport related. Are they... What is it? What's the MVP? It's just called Michael Jordan Award. The Michael Jordan MVP. Oh, okay, that's very strange. Um, well, I mean, the local football oh, club down the road has already got a ground named after me, so that's out. Of <laughs> 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 oh, listen to, to him. Well, where is he at, out, man? Smid, what would you like named after you? Jeez, this is a tough question. Um, I would like a stand named after me. A stand, yeah. I went a bit bigger than that. I went a stadium. I reckon Daz Park or Daz Field would uh, have a real nice ring to it. But you want the Smid stand, which works for the alliteration. Yeah, the Smid stand has a nice ring to it. Absolutely, it does. All right, what are we looking forward to, uh, gents? Teed, hopefully you can uh, answer a question without a drive-by to someone. What are you looking forward to in uh, week 15? Yeah, that's yeah. I'll, I'll try my best. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to uh, to seeing how a couple of teams bounce back. Uh, mainly, I think the Vikings and the Dolphins are two teams I've got my eyes on. I'm interested to see how they're going to go coming off losses. But um, there's a few more um, teams that are coming off losses that, that really need wins. I like it. Smithy? Uh, divisional games for me. There's a few divisional games with some serious playoff implications. Looking at the Commanders and the Giants. Looking at the Dolphins and the Bills, you've also got the 49ers and the Seahawks tomorrow, Australia time. So a few really important divisional games. We know what they can throw up, so I'm sure they're going to be great to watch. And as an Australian, I'm looking forward to football being on a Sunday. I'm a massive fan. Uh, The more of that, the better would be good. But um, looking forward to that immensely. So let's get into it. Smithy, we'll start with you. The Jets and the Lions, you took with pick one. Yeah, and isn't it great to have these franchises up playing important games in December because ever since I've been an NFL fan, these have been two of the more irrelevant franchises uh, in the NFL and sort of teams that you just put down uh, as a win every time you see them on the schedule. But that is no longer the case with the Lions winning four out of their last five and the Jets still carrying a... Uh, over 500 win-loss percentage for the season. So both of these teams in really good form, uh, and I think this is going to be a fantastic game. The Giants off uh, the Lions, sorry, their offense has been humming at the moment. We saw that against the Vikings where they were able to put up 
a very handy 34 points under the roof at Ford Field. But I feel like the weather could play a real factor in this game. Um, we've seen the weather in New York over the last few weeks has been pretty brutal for offensive football. You looked at uh, the conditions in Buffalo with the snow, uh, and it was also raining for a lot of the Philadelphia versus New York Giants game. So if we have some inclement weather, I think it's really going to suit the New York Jets defense um, who have been awesome and they've played consistently well all year pretty much. And uh, although they lost last week to the Bills, they still managed to get a lot of pressure on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills there. But I feel like this could be a bit of a speed bump game for for the Lions, a lot of people are starting to maybe overrate them, which is a weird thing to say considering the trajectory we had planned for them uh, in the preseason. But I think a lot of people are expecting them to sort of just win out and earn a wild card spot. But with the potential poor weather uh, facing this New York Jets defense, I think this could be a spot where the Jets defense just clamps up and holds this Lions offense in check. Source Gardner, I expect him to travel with Amon Ra St. Brown a little bit because Amon Ra St. Brown really is the go-to guy for Jared Goff, especially on those key third downs. It always seems to get open. Um, but if Sauce can um, sort of shadow him across the field and, and force him past breakups, it'll put Jared Goff in an uncomfortable situation. The thing I worry about with the Jets is their run game because the Detroit Lions run defense over the last month has been unbelievable. Uh, they held Saquon Barkley to 22 yards on 14 carries. They kept Travis Etienne at 53 yards on 18 carries, I believe. And they also held Delvin Cook in check really well last week. So without a big-name running back on the Jets roster and with Mike White kind of banged up, um, this Lions run defense can force the Jets into uncomfortable situations. But I'm still going to tip the Jets. I think they get a scrappy win at home and their defense prevails in uh, what will be a battle of a battle of defense versus offense on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think this is going to be, I don't reckon any team's going to get to 20 in this game. That's my big prediction out of it. But you know what? Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you, Smid. I'm going to go the Jets as well. Teed? Um, I'll go the Lions. I think, um, you know, you might be bang on with, with teams struggling to score 20 points, but I think if the Lions can get to 20, that might be enough for them to win. I think I'm probably happier to put a bit of faith in Jared Goff over Mike White. Um, although the, the, the Jets will probably be able to have some good drives. It's just going to come down to red zone efficiency. Um, if they can convert in the red zone, they'll win this game, but I'm going to pick the lines. Bang. I like it. Now, Teed, you, you had this pick, you made your selection, and Smithy gave you an extended five minutes to have a think about it. So it's fair to say, Smith, you're not a fan of what our man's come up with here. Honestly, I'm still questioning it now, looking at it on the sheet. So um, really not sure where his head was at, but I guess we'll let him uh, do his thing and talk about this game. Yeah, explain yourself, please, Teed, because you've gone the Colts and the Vikings. Yeah, I've um, I, I kind of leaned this way just because I think that out of all the teams playing this week, the Vikings are the one I'm most looking forward to watching, just because um, 
they're sitting at 10 and 3 right now and and i think the general consensus around the league is they're a bad team uh which i i don't agree with um they've won 10 games and it isn't easy to win 10 games and i don't think any team uh could win 10 games and only lose three and be be a bad team um obviously had that loss last week to the lions in which they were the underdog in so if you look at their losses, they've only lost. They got um, blown out by the Cowboys, um, who a lot of people were picking to win the Super Bowl. So it's not like um, that was a bad loss, although the score was pretty bad. They lost to the Eagles as well, and then the Lions. So I think a lot of people overreacting to that. But this is a game where they just have to bounce back, and it's against the Colts team that have been you know up and down lately. Uh, they had that close game against the Eagles. Um, they kept the Cowboys close for for a little bit, and then um, the Cowboys blew them away in the end. Um, it, it just is, you know, it, it, it is uninspiring. It feels like the Colts have fallen off a cliff and, and maybe their season um, in their last few weeks has gotten away from them. Well, not just in the last few weeks. Their whole season hasn't gone to plan, but it, it just feels like it could be a messy last month of the season, especially um, there was a lot of questions over the, the coach signing um, in Jeff Saturday. Obviously, hadn't coached in a, a professional level, level at all. Um, and I mean, I, I don't hate the decision as lot as much as a lot of other people are. I think maybe there was a bit of strategy behind that, but uh, it obviously has backfired. Um, and the games, I mean, sorry, the Colts have lost. I think they've lost six of their last seven uh, with their only win coming against that uh, in that Raiders game, which is pretty funny. But it, it just, I, I like this Vikings team all around. I think their offense obviously talented. They got talent everywhere, um, especially. You know, bringing in TJ Hawkinson not long ago. Kirk Cousins is going pretty well this year. I won't hate on him. Uh, for now, at least, we'll wait until we get to the playoffs to see where we stand on Kirk Cousins. But, um, you know, obviously, Justin Jefferson, this Vikings team, it's just you know, stacked with talent on the offensive side. The defensive side um, is talented. They're just not using the talent as much, and their defense is struggling a little bit. Obviously, giving up 34 points to the Lions, and it just felt like last week they could never get a stop when they needed one. Um, I think if you're going to get a bounce back game, uh, this is a great opportunity to have it um, against the Colts team, who, like I said, I feel like their season is just about over um, and this could be a long day for the Colts. So pick one for you is a blowout. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, um, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why Smith was sitting there looking at the sheet, looking utterly befuddled. Smith, is that fair? Yeah, and after listening to him talk, I'm still confused. So, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely a bold strategy by team. But um, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win this game and win it very easily, and that's about it. Yep, bring back Kirk Thuggins, I reckon. But Teed, let me tell you, I know I've talked you into some TDs, TDs before, but. Smid kicked me out of the dynasty playoffs, and that definitely means that my um, players are going to dominate this week. So if you want to put TJ Hawkinson in at tight end, I, I, I wouldn't say no to that because I think the great man's going to absolutely take the piss for me because it won't count. Um, Niners and the Seahawks, Smid, back to you. Yeah, this is one of those divisional games that I sort of mentioned off the top of the show. And with the... With the 49ers injuries, some people said that Seattle should win this division, but they um, they really blew it against my Panthers, and the 49ers were clinical against what is a pretty poor Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But it just means that this matchup is so important for Seattle. 
and so important for San Francisco because I think they want to keep um, sort of cementing themselves as the best team in the NFC West and winning a game in Seattle this late in the season would pretty much sew up the division for them. So both teams are going to be hungry. The thing that doesn't suit the 49ers is the short turnaround uh, after playing on Sunday uh, and going back into a Thursday night game. Brock Purdy was limited through during the week with a rib injury. Christian McCaffrey was limited through the week. We know that Debo Samuel is out. So what does their offense look like tomorrow is the big question. I think that McCaffrey definitely plays, and I'm confident that Purdy plays, but with the rib slash oblique injury, how open is the playbook going to be? Are they going to have to lean on the run and short passes Will they be limited in what they can do offensively? Because in that second half against Tampa Bay, they pretty much just ran the ball and threw screen passes the whole time. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. The Seahawks have really struggled stopping the run. So uh, if they're going to come up against any team, this is probably a really good matchup because my Panthers came into Seattle last week and, pretty much announced from the first snap of the game that all they wanted to do was run the ball and whatever the Seahawks did, they couldn't stop it because the Panthers had over 200 rushing yards on the game. So um, Christian McCaffrey could have an absolutely huge game here and I believe lead them to a victory. I really haven't liked what I've seen from the Seahawks over the last month. Um, They feel like one of those teams that were projected to be bad come out and be really good and surprise everyone, but just fade out towards the end of the season. And um, I think they're going to miss the playoffs, to be honest. Uh, I I don't like their run defense. I think it leaves them very vulnerable late in games, especially because the defense is so tired. And um, when you get into this point of the year, everyone's banged up. And when you mix the, the niggling injuries with a high amount of time spent on the field, it's not good for any defense. So... I can see them leaking points in the last month, and I think the 49ers win this game pretty comfortably, to be honest. I don't like the fact that we've agreed on three in a row, Smid, but I am on this occasion. Niners for me, just Teed. Yeah, I um, I can't see myself picking the Seahawks in this game, but I do think they'll be able to keep it closer. I just think um, the 49ers' defense is, is way too good. Um and I, I feel like the, the Seahawks will be with them um, in the fourth quarter and maybe you know, maybe the 49ers win by a field goal or something like that. But um, I think it'll be a close game. I like it. Now, Teed's pick one was to the confusement and befuddlement of the great man, Smid. Uh, he's now gone for the projected biggest blowout of the weekend, that being the Chiefs and the Texans. So, yeah, what I mean, is our man s- doing? Sell it to me, Teed, because I'm very confused. Yeah, well... Um, I just I just went with teams I'm excited to watch this week and the Texans huge. I think um, in terms of betting, this this is projected to be the biggest blowout, and I think it will be. I feel like the Chiefs are going to put a massive number on the Houston Texans um, behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is on pace to just about break the single season passing yards record, and I feel like the Chiefs would just give him fifty pass attempts and see how many passing yards he can get against this Texas team. And maybe he'll end up throwing two or three picks or something um, in this game, but I don't think it will affect the score. I feel like uh, that's, that's really what they should do. Yeah. Have, have a bit of fun against this team that um, they'll probably beat anyway. I feel like the Texans maybe had their, 
you know, best game of the season last week, uh, and maybe they'll fall off in this last four weeks or so. But, um, yeah, I, I am really looking forward to just seeing Patrick Mahomes throw the ball a lot in this game, and I think that's what the Chiefs will do. Um, they'll get enough done in the ground game when they have to um, and you know, maybe use the ground game a little late in the game. But, yeah, I, I can really see Patrick Mahomes getting four touchdowns in this game, 400 yards, and just um, really putting his foot down. You know, it's the first season with 17 games, uh, and I think, obviously, someone's going to break that passing yards record with that extra game. Um, and it could be Mahomes this year, uh, and, and if he does, he'll need a big game here. And, and I've kind of circled this game, you know, a couple of weeks back as, as one I'm looking forward to seeing how Patrick Mahomes can go against a, a team that's only won one game. So uh, Texans-wise, I'm not really interested in this game, but uh, Chiefs-wise, I am really looking forward to seeing how many points they can put up. Interesting strategy again, but, I mean, the Chiefs are going to win this game, and by how much for mine is pretty irrelevant, Smithy. Yeah, Chiefs win. That's I probably won't watch a second of this game, to be honest. <laughs> I like it. And you've got another um, in-division game here, Smithy, with my Dolphins looking to bounce back against the arch-nemesis, it seems, that being the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this, this game draft class is like the Seattle Seahawks draft class of this year. It's just value picks everywhere. Um, this is <laughs> going to be an absolute beauty, and... The Dolphins, the microscope's on them this week, as in the national media, and I think rightly so because the last the last two weeks have been uh, pretty disappointing, without being you know worst case scenario losses. Um, didn't get blown out by the Chargers despite Tua playing nearly as badly as he could have played, and uh, it was a similar story with the 49ers. It wasn't a blowout loss, and you know, it was Brock Purdy's first NFL action and people had high expectations going into that game, including me. But I think it's far from worst-case scenario for Miami and I think maybe it's being overplayed a little bit because, you know, they did only lose by six points against the Chargers in LA. And But this is a tough one. This is a tough one to get. If, if you're a Dolphins fan, you, you wanted to see an easy kill on the schedule here just to get the good vibes flowing again. But uh, this is the opposite of an easy kill. This is Buffalo in Buffalo uh, during December. So it's going to be cold. They're forecasting uh, mid-20 degree Fahrenheit in Buffalo, uh, which is freezing compared to the beautiful 80 degree Fahrenheit they're getting in Miami every day. So that's going to be a struggle in itself. Tua has come out and said that uh, he's played in snow before at Alabama, but... um, these Buffalo Bills players, they love this weather. They thrive in this weather. And I think this is not a good spot for the Dolphins. I think uh, the Bills are going to assert their dominance, lock up the AFC East with this win, uh, and send the Dolphins on a three-game skid. And now it's even more pressure on them heading into Week 16. Yeah, so the the three stats that fill me with the pessimism that he's known and loved on NFL Down Under is going to come into the fold here. So if it was just – if home games were eliminated from all stats, the Dolphins would be 25th for passing defense. Ironically, they would be equal sixth in uh, the run defense. Unfortunately, the only run game that Josh uh, – that Buffalo Bill of – the Buffalo Bills have got is Josh Allen. The problem with that 
is the Dolphins have given up the second most yards to quarterbacks on the run this season, of course, with Lamar going beautifully, uh, Justin Fields killing the Dolphins, and of course, Josh Allen has done it all the time. In Pro Football Focus's top 10 graded games of Josh Allen's career, three of them have come against the Dolphins. Ironically, his second worst game did come against the Finns earlier this year in Miami. And just a weird stat for you fellas, since 2015 in games under 40 degrees, Miami has lost by an average of 11 and a half points. So geez, there you go. Geez, I'm not looking for, so I'm not looking forward to this is what I am saying. Uh, it's going to be yeah back against the wall. If we do win, it'll be the best win that I've seen as a Finns fan in the last four seasons, but I just, I struggle to see it happening. So unfortunately my tip is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Teed. I agree as well. I, I feel like this is, you know, when you've lost two games in a row, this is the last team you want to see a division rival who's currently the number one seed in the AFC um, and on the road. I feel like it is a tough spot for the Dolphins. Um, but, I, it, you know, I feel like no one really is picking the Dolphins. You know, obviously none of us are, but even in NFL media, so they can kind of play freely, I guess, and not have the expectation of, of needing to win. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how, how they go with that. But, um, yeah, I think it is really hard to choose the Dolphins over the Bills here, so I'm picking the Bills. And in the latest episode of why Mike McDaniel is the greatest coach uh, in the NFL, and it's got nothing to do with his coaching ability. When training indoors in a 60-degree setting, which, again, like Smithy said, he's still going to be nowhere near the temperature, but the coolest they could get it on an 83-degree day, Mike McDaniel wore a, uh, a blue T-shirt that said, I wish it was colder, and I just <laughs> I love the man. That's fantastic. Uh, Teed, you've actually uh, come up trumps in the third round with the Ravens and Browns. The problem is, is that there's not a lot for the Ravens here, so this should be a game that the Browns will be looking to win. Yeah, and I think they are favoured in this game last time I checked. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know who the Ravens are playing at quarterback. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's been under an injury cloud the last couple of weeks. Tyler Huntley uh, got injured last week, and I, I don't think he would be playing. So, um, yeah, it is up in the air for Baltimore in this game. And um, Cleveland would be licking their lips, I think, with you know the Baltimore Ravens having an inexperienced player at quarterback for this game. Uh, it is in Cleveland, which certainly helps them as well. But like I said on Tuesday, their offenses looked horrible with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, um, and the Baltimore Ravens are a pretty good defense. It, it is a really tricky game to, to kind of pick when you don't know what you're getting at quarterback. Uh, the Ravens last week, even with Huntley, um, looked lethargic, I guess. They had, they had you know, some, some nice plays, but, um, you know, they made it tough to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, yeah, fair enough division game. Um, but, it, you know, the Ravens, it, it just feels like they're... Um, I mean, it's, it's the opposite of getting into the right form at the end of the season. They just feel like they're, they're trending in the opposite direction. Um, and, and Cleveland, you know, uh, they've kind of been um, chugging along all season, winning some games we didn't expect them to, and, and then losing games that we thought they would. So this one, I think it really is a tipper's nightmare. And um, it, it might come down to whose defense you trust a little more. Um, I I tend to think the Ravens have the better defense, but I just feel like the the Browns' offense is going to click sooner or later. Even if it is isn't through Deshaun Watson, it might be with Nick Chubb, who has been 
Uh, I'll say not himself the last three or four weeks. Uh, the yards have been down. The carries have been down. I think they, they should lean on him in this game um, and then use the play action to open up the passing game. And, and Amari Cooper might have a couple of big plays in this one too. So I think I'm going to lean towards picking the Browns at home um, just because there's so many questions around this Ravens team. Yeah, I think Browns for mine as well. And I hate to say it. I hate myself for thinking it, but I think Watson's going to have a good game. He's had two now, and uh, I think the rust will start to erode Smithy. Yeah, well, Tyler Huntley practiced in full today and has cleared concussion protocols. So I think everything leans towards him playing, which is um, a pretty significant boost for the Ravens, obviously. Um, he's a designated backup and has spent a fair few years with the team. So he can come in and competently run the offense. The thing that I like about the Ravens and, and why I'm tipping them in this game is since Roquan Smith uh, became a, a member of the Baltimore Ravens, they are top three in pretty much every run defense uh, metric that is available. So, um, And we know Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing well, so... They do try and run, lean on the run game with Nick Chubb. And we saw what happened against the Bengals last week when the run game can't get going. So I think that the Ravens' run defense is going to stand tall and limit Nick Chubb. And similarly to what the Bengals did, I think they're just going to uh, slow up this offense and force them into a lot, of, uh, a lot of punts. And I think Tyler Huntley can do enough. So I'm tipping the Ravens. Bang, I like it. And Smithy, your last drafted game involves your Panthers taking on the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. It's not often that I can talk about the Panthers at this point of the year with uh, any significance in the schedule, but uh, this is a really important game. And, and it's one of the rare games this year that I can say that we should be expected to win. Um we, we really should beat this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And uh, it, it's it's one of those things where it's been so rough for so long as a Panthers fan, um, but we're finally at the stage where we can start thinking about playoffs because um, we do have the tiebreaker on the Buccaneers at the moment and we're only one game back from them. So if we can win this game and the Bucks lose to the Bengals, we are the one seed in the NFC South, which is just crazy to say. So with such uh, such high stakes in this game for the Panthers, I think they need to come out and put in a very good performance. We know what the Panthers are going to want to do. They're going to want to run the ball uh, and be really good defensively. And with Kenny Pickett's status up in the air after exiting with a concussion last week, uh, and Mitch Strabisky in line to start. I don't think this Panthers defense is going to have any fear uh, with Trubisky as the starter. He threw three interceptions last week against the Ravens and and couldn't lead them to a victory against a practice squad quarterback filling in for the Ravens. So um, with the way the Carolina Panthers defense has played over the last six weeks, I think they're going to have an absolute field day on this Steelers offense. J.C. Horn versus George Pickens is going to be a really fun watch. Uh, George Pickens has been getting quite involved over the last few weeks and um, has made some unbelievable catches. But I think J.C. Horn is going to do the job on him. And a lot of people are starting to give praise to J.C. Horn as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. 
um, and it, it's deserved because um, pretty much all of his um, all of his stats this year show that he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So I think my Panthers do the job. Uh, this could be a moment said before disaster um, sort of example, but I have faith that my Panthers can win this game and hold first place and a playoff spot at the end of week 14. 15. Bang, there we there we go. Now, when it comes to optimism for the teams here on uh, NFL Down Under, I don't know what Tate's doing in the background there, but um, optimism about the Cowboys is pretty easy because they're a good team. Optimism about the Dolphins is with caution. And optimism about the Panthers is borderline impossible. But I'm actually with you, Smid. I'm going with you in this game. And I'm calling it uh, by over a touchdown as well. I reckon you're giving the Steelers a bit of a touch-up here, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, you reveling in yet another win in week 15. Teed, who wins this one? Yeah, I tend to agree. I like the Panthers coming into the year. And um, if you had have told me a couple of weeks ago when they were sitting at two and seven or whatever they were, that um, they could be in first place in the division after week 15 or, or whatever we're in, um, you know, I don't think any, anyone would have believed you, but they've had three wins from their last four games. Um, and I think, you know, it, it is really hard to pick against them in this game. They are, they should be favoured in this game. They're the better team, in my opinion, at least at the moment. Um, and I think their defence will carry them to a victory. Their offence will be able to do enough. They looked good um, last week. Their offence at times and, and their defence... Uh, sorry, their offence as well against the Broncos uh, looked good. And Sam Darnold, um, you know, maybe he's earning his starter job for next year. Maybe he's got a, a bit of an audition over the next month or so, which will thrill Smithy, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Panthers. Bearded Sam is a different beast, my friend. Don't worry. I have faith in Bearded Sam. <laughs> I like it. And the last game, Teed, and it's all yours, the Titans and the Chargers before we move on to the quickfires, the locks, the certs, TDs, TDs, and we've got a brand new segment as well, which I'm looking forward to. But the Titans and the Chargers first. Yeah, um, and this is a game I, I kind of wanted to stay away from. The Chargers are a team that... I, I was just about out. <laughs> I was just about out on the Chargers, um, you know, coming into last week, and I thought maybe if they lost that game, I would have definitely been out for the season. But but last week kind of changed my opinion um, on them. I, I thought they were going to lose that game, and they won, and they looked really good doing it, especially on offense. Um, and I've kind of bought back in to them, you know, for the rest of the regular season. Anyway, I still don't think. Um, they are the, the powerhouse, or they will be the powerhouse that we expected them to be before the season started. Um, but I do think at this point they are good enough to win uh, games like this uh, to get them a playoff spot. The Tennessee Titans, you know, they had those two two tough losses to the Bengals and the Eagles. Um, again, you know, two pretty good teams, and then we thought they were in a good spot against the Jaguars team, which has, has been up and down, um, but mainly down, and and they got blown out. Um, and didn't even look like winning after the first quarter. They just got outplayed thoroughly, um, and all, all the credit goes to the Jaguars there. But um, I don't think there's anything from the last three weeks or so that I've seen from Tennessee that gives me any confidence to pick them in this game. I think the Chargers' offense is better. Their defense, although um, injured, is playing a little better right now. Tennessee really good against the run, but that's something the Chargers probably won't be too bothered by in this game. Um, they struggle running the ball anyway, so I'm sure they'll be happy to have Justin Herbert throwing the ball 50 times, whether he'll be happy to do that 
no, it doesn't really matter. That's what they're going to ask him to do. And he proved last week um, that, you know, yeah, he can do it. We all know that he can do it. He's talented, but been under a lot of pressure this season, although, um, you know, it feels like everyone has been labeling him as, as a, you know, not a, maybe not a bad quarterback, but not a, a necessarily good one. I, I think it's not that at all. He's been playing really well this year and I think he's copying a lot of unnecessary criticism, but I think he can prove that again here. Um, with, you know, with back-to-back good games, uh, I just I can't trust anything this Titans team is doing right now. And they are, uh, I think, very lucky that their division um, seems to be in shambles with, you know, at least two of the other three teams, the Jaguars, uh, you know, who knows with them at the moment, but probably too far back to contend. Um, but, yeah, I just can't pick the Titans based on what I've seen over the last three weeks. And, and that's the opposite for the Chargers, who have, you know, looked good over their last three games, winning more than they've they've been losing. So I'm tipping the Chargers. Yeah, I'm, I'm going against you. The Titans are going to win this game for the pure and simple fact of every time Brendan Staley smiles, bad things happen. And uh, he can't stop smiling this week. So something bad is going to happen. So the Titans are going to win. And if that's not the expert analysis you're looking for, well, I'm sorry, but that's what I'm bringing to the table. Smid. Yeah, well, this is the clash of my least favorite coach of 2022 and probably my least favorite team of 2022 in, in the Tennessee Titans, a team who I think I've tipped twice uh, throughout the whole season. And this and week's no different. I'm, I'm not tipping them. Um, I'm tipping the Chargers. And I, I've just had enough of the Tennessee Titans. To be honest, their, their passing game is brutally bad. And although the Chargers don't have the greatest run defense, I, I think – they can do enough and put up enough points to get the win here. They'll be bloody fresh, the run defense, after the Dolphins just didn't do it at all last week. Yeah, so let's get in. Fair. Let's get into the quick fires. Bears, Eagles, and I'm going to be. I don't have the balls to tip the Bears, but I honestly think they can win this. Am I crazy? I think I might be, but I'll still tip the Eagles. But geez, I could come back here on Tuesday flat as a biscuit because I called it first. But this has got a first things first upset alert about it for mine, Tate. Yeah, well, I, I think um, all these Eagles games for the next four weeks uh, maybe have upset alert written all over them. They are going to drop a game or two over the next four weeks, uh, but I'm not going to be able to pick it. I, I think I'll pick them to win out, to be honest, so I'm going to pick them to win this game. I like it, Smid. Yeah, I think you're crazy. Um, Justin Fields hasn't practiced with an illness all week, so if he plays, he's going to be underdone. and. Um, the Eagles are just better at every single position, so the Eagles win. Yeah, I'm still tipping the Eagles, but I didn't know the uh, Justin Fields illness. That would have been nice before I acted like a dick. Uh, Smid, Saints-Falcons. <laughs> what an uninspiring uh, feels, game this is. <laughs> yeah, it fills me with a lot of joy to tip the Falcons. <laughs> um, uh, the Saint, I don't know what the Saints are doing. They paid Jameis Winston all this money and they just refuse to play him over Andy Dalton. They, they think Andy Dalton is the second coming of Dan Marino for some reason. I just don't understand it. Um, the Falcons, I, I like Desmond Ritter, so let's just see what he can do, I guess, and they win. Uh, Saints for mine in this one, Pete. Yeah, I, um, I don't think I'll ever pick a, a rookie quarterback making his first start against a, a pretty good defense, which the Saints do have, so I'm going to go with the Saints. Bang. I like it. Uh, Jags, Cowboys. How the hell did this game go undrafted? Teed, you had your favorite quarterback and your favorite team. H- how is this 
not being talked about for six minutes. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it, now looking no. at it? Um, but you went but Colts and Vikings, oh, and Chiefs, Texas, yeah. one up. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I, I am looking forward to seeing how the Jaguars play in this game, but I, I, I couldn't care less otherwise. I feel like <laughs> the Cowboys... Cowboys are either <laughs> that is gonna, arrogance. <laughs> they the Cowboys are either going to win this game by twenty or they're going to lose the game by fourteen points, and I, I don't think either result would um, surprise me enough. As I said last week, I'm I'm out on this Cowboys team for the regular season. I don't care what happens now until uh, the playoffs. So um, you know, I'm I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Trevor Lawrence can do in a tough game. They see if he can you know flatten the curve between his good games and his bad games. But other than that, I, I think I'm. Um, not interested in this one. Who are you tipping? <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> oh, Smith, what have we just witnessed? I actually, between the game picks and just the all-round wackiness, I <laughs> don't know what we're doing here, to be honest. Um, I am tipping the Jags. And I, I think Teed was onto something in the in the review, and he, he said it right because the Cowboys are so unlikely to move in the order of the playoffs now that what do they have to play for? And the Jags have just come off beating the Titans. They are still a mathematical chance at winning the division and making the playoffs. They're at home. The Dallas Cowboys secondary is that badly beat up that uh, they're signing players like Trayvon Mullen, who just got waived from the Cardinals, which... Let's be honest, getting waived from the Cardinals isn't a glowing report on how your NFL career is going. But the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys scooped him up straight away off right waivers and will probably start him opposite Trayvon Diggs this week. So, uh, And I spoke about Trevor Lawrence's passing stats over the last six weeks. So all these things meshed together just give me the little feeling that the Jags are going to win this one. Cowboys for mine, they can't afford to uh, drop games and think it's going to happen for them. Uh, Broncos, Cardinals, is it? Okay to tip. I don't care. Yeah, I Anyone? might tip a tie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do. I have tipped the Denver Broncos with yeah, the Broncos Kyler injury. I think it's and the, the the Cardinals own their first round pick, so they're more likely to play for the loss than the Broncos, who don't own their first round pick. So that was sort of my reasoning behind it. I like it, Tate. Yeah, I think um, I would have been Cardinals with Colt McCoy had the Broncos not kind of shown up on offense last week and maybe um, they're sucking me in and, and going to lay another egg. I know we've seen, what, 14 weeks of bad offense and one week of, of good offense, even though it came mostly um, in two quarters of the game. But I think I'm going to back the Broncos, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Raiders, Patriots, Teed uh, I'm going the Raiders in this one I don't think they get embarrassed twice When it goes that badly for you The only way is up Yeah, that is uh, fair enough uh, But the I feel like it's um, Josh McDaniels coming up against Bill Belichick And I feel like Bill Belichick will have uh, a pretty good idea On how to out-coach Josh McDaniels uh, I don't think that's very hard at the best of times, but especially when <laughs> he used to be a coordinator on your team, I feel like Bill Belichick will have enough in the bag to get it done. Fucking cop that. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Um, this is a top five coach versus a bottom five coach, and 
I talk about it a lot. Coaching matters in the NFL, and this game is going to be a prime example of that. The Patriots win. I like it. Bucks Bengals is up next with three games to go. Uh, I think the Bengals just win this one and move on. Smid. Yeah, I'll be barracking hard for the Bengals, and I genuinely do think they'll put a number on the Bucks. They looked horrific. And uh, for all those out there that might have been burned by T. Higgins not playing last week, uh, if you do have him in your fantasy squad and you're not playing this week well, and he does show up and plays well, that, that'll probably sum up where fantasy's at at the moment. Teed, who wins this one? Yeah, I feel like the Bengals are going to win this game. They are one of the hottest teams in football. Joe Burrow's playing really well. Nearly at an MVP level, in my opinion, um, and the Buccaneers are not playing well at all. So I'm going to go Bengals. And Commanders Giants, uh, the NFC East showdown of the ages. Look out. Uh, Taylor Heineke will be looking for another pair of Jordans. T, does he get them? Yes, he does. I feel like the Giants, their season um, has been really good, but they're going to drop over over the next month. Um, and I feel like the Commanders are going to take that one playoff spot that, that it, we all seem to um, agree is going to either the Giants or the Commanders, and I think uh, it will go to whoever wins this game, and that'll be the Commanders. So he will get his new shoes. Yeah, I think so too. Six and one after week seven were the Giants, one, five and one since. So whew, uh, in free fall here, coaching ain't getting them out of this one, Smid. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. The Commanders win this one, and last time they played the Giants, although it was a tie, they just wreaks absolute havoc on the Giants' offensive line with that pass rush, and I expect that to be the same. Finally, Chase Young is going to make his season debut, so that'll be exciting to see. And Yeah, I, th- I think the Commanders win. The, the Giants' bubble has certainly burst. Absolutely, it has, and we finish with the Packers and the Rams, and a huge shout-out to Baker Mayfield, who becomes, I think, the first quarterback in a year and a bit. I think it was since Brady first joined the Bucks. Uh, to become an AFC and an NFC offensive player of the week throughout their career. Ironically, Baker doing it, being in LA for about 21 hours. Uh, who wins this one, Smid? Uh, the Packers, with a large amount of trepidation in my voice, I don't like either of these teams. I think they are both very bad at the moment. Um the most interesting thing for me about the Packers, and I spoke about with this this with Teed the other day, is apparently uh, if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, Jordan Love is asking out of Green Bay. So they've got a decision to make. Will they play Jordan Love for the remainder of the season to see what he's got? Will they tra- Will they play him to up his trade value? Will they move on from Rodgers? I think that's the most intriguing part about Green Bay for the rest of the season. What is his trade value? A, a fifth at best? Nah, he'll get. They'll get more than that, especially if he plays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he plays, Team, yeah. Right now, te- teams teams are infatuated with traits, and he's got all the traits, and he's learnt from one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. So, uh, I could see teams giving up as much as a second round pick for him. Well, we Tade, what's his trade value, and who wins the game? Uh, I've just got, I've got no clue on the trade value. It feels like teams, you, you could, you know, it wouldn't shock me if a team offered two or three first round picks or something like that. But then again, um, you know, you could, could be getting a third round pick. It really just depends, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I nearly got sucked into the Rams in this one after last week, um, obviously winning on that game when he drove by Baker Mayfield, but just looking back on that game, 
they played really poorly for three and three quarter quarters. Um, and I, I just won't get sucked in to uh, one, you know, two minute drive that, that saved their, um, or saved the game for them last week. So they're going to go to the Packers. I think they're too talented um, and obviously have the better matchup quarterback wise. I like it. And let's get to the locks. Teed, you're now 500 and you've got pick one. What momentum you've got with a month to go? Yep. And I'm coming for the lead, I think. Only a couple off, aren't I, Daz? Uh, you're three off Smith and four. Uh, th- uh, two off Smith and four. Uh, three off me. I know how to do math. I'm doing a teed now. Uh, you're well, a couple two- of couples. Yes. So two off Smithy and three off me with four games to go. Yeah, so I think I'll get there, but um, this week, <laughs> this week I'm going to lock the Buffalo Bills against your mob, Daz, uh, the mm. Dolphins. I feel like, as I said in the preview, it just is a really tough spot for the Dolphins um, and the Bills with the home field advantage, uh, and you know the Dolphins having to play in really cold conditions when they are used to the hot Florida sun. So I feel like I'm um, pretty happy going with the Bills here. I like it, Smithy. Pick two, nine and five. Big call here. Yeah, I'm locking the Vikings over the Colts. I just think that uh, they bounce back. We saw them do it when Dallas blew them out. They bounced back against the Patriots. And uh, coming off the loss to the Lions, I think they bounce back and put a number on the Colts at home. So I feel pretty comfortable. Sometimes at pick three, you've just got to lock a team that you need to see what they're all about mentally between the ears. So that's why I've gone with uh, Teed's boys, Cowboys, damn boys for Dazzling. Smithy, your certs, please. Now, Colin's actually back and playing, which means you've got more to play for at the moment. What have you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to start tomorrow. San Francisco minus three. Uh, I really like what their defense has done. Obviously, they're the best defense in the NFL, but... I also think that their offensive strength is going to marry with the Seattle Seahawks defense's defensive weakness. So I see them winning by more than a field goal. Uh, the Vikings at minus four and a half. As we said, I think they're going to put an absolute number on the Colts, and I feel confident with them. The New York Jets plus one. I think they win the game. I think the conditions are going to suit them, and their defense is going to be able to stand up and do the job. The Jags at plus four and a half. I tip them to win the game, so it's probably a wise decision to take them with that line. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the faith in my Panthers at minus two and a half. Uh, only have to win by a field goal, but I think that we're going to uh, really constrict the Steelers' offense and, and hopefully put up some points as well. So they're my five picks this week. So, Teed, the question then becomes for the Panthers game, does the Panthers kicker make a field goal for them to win by two or do the Steelers miss one to get it down from, uh, we'll say, five to two? Well, we're going to have to hope that he kicks one for Smithy's Panthers to go up three because I've tipped him. Um, and, you know, actually cheering for Smithy in this segment, big run home <laughs> over yeah. the next four weeks. Absolutely. So uh, he's going to need a big week this one. Yeah, I'm with the great man there. All right, TDs, TDs. It's a segment that's been met with a lot of entertainment. Um, We don't talk about the results, but let me tell you, the theory and the homework that our man puts in is unrivaled. So what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, at quarterback, I've gone with Josh Allen um, in a nice matchup against the Dolphins. Daz really likes telling us about how 
um, poor the Dolphins are at defending the opposition quarterback's run game. Um, and, you know, it feels like if it is going to be snowing in this game, um, he's going to run the ball a fair bit. So if they get down into the red zone, which I think they will, um, they will a few times, I think he punches one in. At running back, I've gone with Pacheco from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I feel like, as I said, they're going to throw the ball a lot, um, but maybe towards the end in the fourth quarter, they might lean on the run if they get the ball. And it feels like um, you know, he is their number one running back at the moment. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is getting a lot of the passing work um, and you know, really scoring the touchdowns. So I think they, they give one to Pacheco here to keep him happy. Wide receiver, I've gone with Christian Kirk. Uh, Smithy touched on the Cowboys secondary. Um, I don't love it at the moment. It is... It's in shambles, um, and I feel like the Jaguars are going to score points in this game, um, and Christian Kirk will score a touchdown after having the spotlight taken away from him last week with Evan Ingram and the, the week before with Zay Jones. So I feel like it's his turn to step up here. Tight end was the only one I wasn't sure on. When Daz uh, gave me the knob with Hawkinson, I, I thought, yeah, we'll throw him in. I, I did think of him earlier. Um, I do like the Vikings to win, and... Um, I think he's only got the one touchdown of the year so far, so he'll look to double that here. And then defense, I've gone with the Broncos. Um, you know, it is a situation of looking at which offense I don't like very much uh, coming up against a good defense, and that's what the Broncos have. And, and the Cardinals without Kyler Murray um, aren't a very good offense at all. So I'm going to go with the Broncos defense to score a touchdown probably for the fourth or fifth time this year. Bang, beautiful. And I don't reckon you've picked them correctly once, Teed. Would that be fair? Because this will be your third go at it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've got it once. That <laughs> <laughs> brings us with a sense of optimism. And now the new segment, we're going to bring some uh, quizzical nature to the pod. And I've got a really bad name for this segment, so you two are going to have to deal with this because I've also got the, uh, the segue through. I've got the opener. Got some tunes as well, but I'm going to try and stump Smithy and Teed with some stat-based quizzing. So when you've got the stats, what do you need to call it? Well, it's how about stat? Oh, dear. (laughs) That is awful. If it makes you feel any better, I'm not happy about it either. But knowing it really upsets you is what got it over the line in the workshop for me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's horrific. (laughs) <laughs> so this is how it's going to work. So a little bit family feud style is Smithy and Teed are going to take it one by one. They can't work together. No, 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 because they're in different uh, different places at the moment. But they've got to fill up the board in order to get the points. But if uh, they get the three strikes and they can't fill this in based on a stat from this season, whether it's player or team, then Big Dazzling will come away with the points. And this could, this could work for one week. It could work all the way through. Who knows? But... Uh, I was reading this week, gentlemen, you know that uh, Dazzling likes his poker, and it was the story in Texas, actually, Ted, where your Cowboys are from, that uh, Billy Bob Woodcock died playing poker. He was shot, but he was known as the Gunslinger, so I've gone to the Gunslinger stats. There are five teams at the moment that have had double-digit receptions through the air of 40-plus yards, so who do you think are the biggest gun slingers in the NFL. So the five teams with 40-plus receptions in the air, so this isn't yards after the catch, 40-plus through the air. Who are we thinking you only get three strikes? And, Teed, I'll start with you. Now, I'll say teams because a couple of these have added them up through a couple of quarterbacks. So 40-plus air yards is what you're saying? Correct. For a completion, not just slinging it okay. and ending it nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I feel like the Rams might be one. Oh, actually, no, don't worry. Don't worry, not the Rams. This has started beautifully. <laughs> I did I did think the Rams, and then I just remembered the, the fact Cooper Cup can take five-yard catches to the house. Um, so I'll leave them out of it. But the, the, my first one, I'm, I'm just going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, one of the four teams that are on 11. So you're off to a good start, Smithy. Uh, the Eagles. Oh, we're off to a bad... Oh, stiff. The Eagles have nine. So that's the first oh. strike for Smid. So, T, oh. you're carrying the team at the moment. Yep. Um, I'll back it up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bang. Yep. They're the team with 10. So we've got three teams all on 11. Oh, back to you, Smid. You need to get one here. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, they're another team with nine. Oh, 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 come on. <laughs> All right, so because you're on two strikes and you're not halfway there, I'll give you some hints. So one of these teams is in the NFC, and only one of the three teams left is leading their division, and I'll give you a hint. It's one of the AFC leaders. So if you want to have a ping on that, Teed, or go on your own, it's up to you. But Smid's clearly let you down here, so what have you got for us? I feel like I will... Go a roughy with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, this this has gone shitty. It's another one with nine for the Seahawks there, which is oh, bloody hell. Unfortunate for you, but how surprising is this? So the other uh, two teams, oh sorry, the three teams with eleven, one of them being the Dolphins. So Tua. I mean, yeah. I'm wearing a Waddle jersey, but Tua. But the two that might surprise you, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no, Ugh. never would have guessed them. Never. And the new and the New Orleans Saints. Never would have guessed that either. With 11, the other two teams with nine, so Smithy, you already brought up the Bills and the Eagles, are the Broncos and the Lions. Mm, Jesus. Which is going beautifully. And the Arizona Cardinals have got one down the other end of the uh, other end of the spectrum. So, which, so that's how bad they're going. So we might we might give this another crack and maybe give Smithy a chance to contribute, but um, you can let us you can let us off, Smithy. Nearly fifty five minutes, so short, sharp, and succinct once again. Yeah, well, that was a uh, bullshit stat to start off with. So do better next time, Daz. But um, <laughs> thank, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoy week fifteen of the NFL. Really exciting times here at NFL Down Under. We can't wait to get back into it next week. But most importantly, stay safe, everyone.